Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Pirates Talk. I'm Matt Lachlan. I hope all of you are safe and healthy. My best wishes to everyone during this pandemic. It was a little over a month ago that the sports world came to a grinding halt as we wrestled with COVID-19. Winter professional sports have been paused while college winter sports ended before national championships could be determined. And that includes the season for my guest today and his players. Tony Bazella has been the head women's basketball coach at Seton Hall for the past seven years. This season, his team advanced to the semifinals of the Big East tournament, losing to eventual champion DePaul. Seton Hall's success in the Big East tourney, combined with its third-place finish in the regular season, meant that the school was on the verge of its sixth postseason appearance under Tony. And then, the ball stopped bouncing. I'm pleased to welcome Tony to Pirates Talk to discuss what might have been, what the future looks like, and more. Coach, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time and joining me today. I hope all is well with you and your family. Thanks, Matt. And everyone's doing well here. And uh, hope the same is with you and your family and everyone out there in Pirate Land. Uh, thankfully, things are well in this household, and we are very grateful for that. So if you would, take us through the timeline from when you walked off the court following the loss in the semis to DePaul, and you're thinking a postseason bid is going to be coming and your year is going to go on, and then a few days later, everything stopped. What happened in that time period? That's a great question. It's unbelievable. You know, we were sitting there watching the, um, the play-in game for the woman on that uh, Friday. And, and you know, you know, I'm sitting at the press table. I'm friends with, you know, a lot, a lot of the people from the Big East and a lot of the press. And there's a rumor going around that this virus is getting worse and worse. And we might, you know, have to postpone something or there might be events with no fans. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, that can't be. I'm like, everyone's lost their mind here at this point. And um, they were, you know, so, you know, we, 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 we watched the game on Friday, the playing game. We won on Saturday against Butler, played one of our better games of the year. And then Sunday, we lost a great game to Butler, um, 83 to 80. And it was just, you know, nip and tuck down, you know, back and forth. And, and our kids played great. I mean, you know, the poll, just played one basket better. So, so that was on Saturday and no, that was on Sunday. So then Monday we take a flight back and, you know, you know, for me, you start to hear more rumors and more rumors. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. So we gave the girls off till Thursday. So Wednesday night we hear the Rudy Rudy Gobert situation happens. So I'm like, geez, you know, maybe we won't have postseason or maybe something won't happen. Um, And I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden you hear that there's going to be no fans, but I was, you know, um, like, well, maybe it's just going to be precautionary. So we practiced Thursday and I said, you know what, girls take Friday, Saturday and Sunday off. I'll just see on Monday. We we don't have school. We're in spring break. Just go back and, you know, relax and and take some time off. And all of a sudden on Friday, I'm texting our girls and be like, did you get home? A lot of them went home. I'm like, did you get home? Okay. And then everything. And all of a sudden, it just it was like our season's over. Monday, we had a virtual team meeting. We were going to have a team meeting. We ended up having a virtual team meeting, and it was over. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. It's amazing what has happened and how abrupt it was. Uh, for me, a National Hockey League announcer with the Devils, there's still a chance our season will go on. But that's it. And everybody's season ends, right? I mean, you don't play year round, but you always have a chance. Either you know it's coming because it's not that good of a year and you know the last game is the last game. Or you're having a good year like 
you were and you think, okay, how much longer is it going to go? We're prepared. And that's it. Like th- there's nothing. You can't say the other team was better. You can't see, say you didn't play to your level. It's just, thanks for coming. And we'll see you next year or we'll see you sometime. Sometime. And, and, and you know, you feel bad for your seniors because they were all looking, they knew we'd qualified for plus season. You know, we had a, a chance at an at-large NCAA bid. One side had us in, two had us out, but we knew we were going to play in the NIT. It's a really high seed, which in women's NIT, we would have hosted probably two, three, if not four games in a row. We were such a high seed. And, you know, we, we're so, you know, we have a very good team and we're very good at home. Like this is a great opportunity for us to go really deep in that tournament if we're not in the NCAA tournament and you know, it's just over for the kids. And, you know, we have three great seniors and it was hard. It was hard to talk to them, to be honest. One of them, of course, uh, Shadeen Samuels ended her career as one of the all-time leading scorers in Seton Hall history. What, what were the conversations like with your seniors who realized not only am I not going to play again for Seton Hall, but until we get the all clear, I'm not even going to be able to personally say goodbye and give somebody a hug or shake a hand or say thank you in person. No, it was hard. I mean, I've known Shadeen since she was six, 14 years old as a freshman in high school. We started to recruit her at Ossining. So I've known her since she's 14. And now, you know, we're talking eight years later and I never had a chance to hug her coming off the floor after a game, after her final game. And I never had the chance to just sit with her or sit with the team and thank, you know, the three seniors in front of the team or, or even, you know, or, you know, any of that stuff or have her have one last win or anything. It was, it was hard. And, you know, and then Alexis Lewis and Barbara Johnson were both transfers, but I had to recruit Barbara in high school. And, and, you know, that was six, seven years. And, and she was just such a good kid. And, and, and Alexis Lewis turned out to be, you know, even though she played one year, one of the better players I ever coached. And, you know, I'd known her for a few years and, it was just, it was awful. And, and, you know, and you understood it, but you know, like I, I'm, I, you know, I, I just checked in, checked in with Alexis and, and Shadeen yesterday and just to see how you're doing. And, you know, Alexis is finishing up her graduate degree and then Shadeen's, you know, finishing up her undergraduate degree, hoping to get drafted on Friday. And, you know, she's like, I can't even work out coach B. She's like, you know, you know, there's no parks open, no gyms open. She's like, yeah, I go run around, but, but they haven't really done anything basketball wise in a long time. I said, well, you're probably, she goes, and I don't even know if I'll ever do it again because who knows how long this will last. Yeah. Strange times, of course. And I'll get to that. Not only uh, her dilemma, obviously can't work out, but practices off season, things like that. But before I get there, did you think the NCAA, did you think they should have, did you think they would give that extra eligibility? It was short lived that talk about maybe allowing seniors to come back and finish things off. Did you ever think there was really a chance of that happening? No. And I'm probably in the minority. I didn't think we should. Um, you know, as much as I want them to play in playoff games and all that stuff, everyone in basketball had finished their regular season. And you all want to play in the playoffs, of course, but a lot of teams had finished anyway. And I think, you know, it would have cost a lot financially it would have been, you know, unbelievable. You know, we have three kids bringing that three full kids back on scholarship for another year's quarter of a million dollars right there. So, you know, that too, you know, as much as I'd love to have all, all of those players, we have recruited appropriately. And, you know, that's just going to mess up chemistry and mess up a lot of things. And three, some kids can't play that extra year. Like, you know, they've been through graduate school already, like Alexis Lewis. Uh, you know, Shadeen's been through four hard years of basketball through. She's got a lot of physical ailments as well, too. So she needs, you know, you know, you know, time to, to you know, rest and recuperate and, and, and stuff like that. And, 
you know, it, 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 I, I just thought, you know what, they got a chance to play their season. Um, you know, while there were no playoffs, it, it, no more playoffs, it stunk. But, you know, to bring them all back and play another 30, 35 games, whatever, you know, hopefully we'll play them and go through more. Honestly, I, I think our seniors were exhausted doing another year of preseason, another year of summer workouts to do it again. That's hard too, Matt. Like, you know, I think your mind is set that, you know, this is your last year and play accordingly. Um, I I thought it was the right decision to be honest with you. I concur. Uh, It would have been nice on the one hand, but there were ramifications that went beyond simply a nice gesture. No question about that. So uh, despite the hardship of the abrupt ending, it was a very good year for Seton Hall. How would you define things? What will you look back at? Yeah, I was really, really happy. This is the best team I've coached in terms of people. Like we had no issues. Like we were were 19 and 12 and we didn't have one real problem. We didn't have one, you know, fight. We didn't have anything. Yeah. You know, the kids get upset because practice, you know, 10 minutes longer and we get upset because the kid doesn't come in and shoot extra 10 minutes earlier, but they were just great kids to coach. They were nice people good students um you know they they didn't cause any problems they they came to practice ready to practice every day um they were never disrespectful um they were good people in our our community it was the best team i've coached in terms of just people and my enjoy it we enjoyed it like that's what made it really hard like you know every cultural maybe some coaches won't tell you the truth, but you know, there are some years you're just glad the season's over it's been a long year you know it's hard and you know you had you you know you know issues or whatever this season i was upset that it ended because i really enjoyed being around the kids like i enjoyed going to team dinners i enjoyed you know traveling with the girls they're funny they they were in a good mood they got along with each other we weren't like oh julia has to run with her and like didn't matter like they, they were just nice nice people and um you know and i thought we were good we won 19 games you know Shadeen missed five of them we were two and three without her that hurt us um a lot and we lost four games in the last maybe 20 seconds of the game and it it it, it cost us the NCAA bid for sure losing to Princeton at home on a last second shot losing at St. John's on a last second shot um uh losing at home to Villanova you know on a last second shot in the last minute of the game um that's just three losses that come you know the ball bounces your way in a different way um it was it was hard i think we're two and four you know in in the last 30 seconds of games and you know some of it is we have to do a better job executing but some is just luck like you know i mean you know the ball bounces off someone's hand into someone else's hand and 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 stuff so I, i was really like our kids were so close to making the NCAA tournament and they were so right there like you know i was just proud of them that, that we, we hung tough and everything. And, you know, you know, obviously you don't want to be 19 and 12. You want to be 31 and oh, but you know, for the most part, we, we were picked third, we finished tied for third. So we didn't overachieve, but we certainly didn't underachieve. And I thought we might've overachieved a little bit because Shadeen being hurt, you know, cost us, we were two and three without her. And then also, you know, we, we developed some great young guards, our, our, our freshman backcourt was fantastic. And those two kids are going to really help lead us to the the next level and um, a kid like Desiree Elmore and uh, a forward that we have has got, I mean, she, she just got better and better and better. So, so these seniors help lay a great foundation. Like we're going to be good, really good again next year. And that is good news for Seton Hall fans everywhere. So how do you prepare for next year? This is different, obviously. Um, and how do you prepare for when you might start when we're all wondering the same thing? Well, that's a great question. Last night, what I did was, I asked all the parents to um, join me on Skype 
And we started to talk about a lot of different scenarios. One, are, are your girls going to be in, how are your girls finishing up school right now? Two, are they going to be in summer school? If we don't have summer school, are we going to be in September? If we don't start in September, are we going to start there? And what can we do right now to prepare us? Because the one thing about this is we're all going to be on the same page. It's not like, well, Seton Hall is going to not start in September, but Butler will. Or St. John's will. No, we're all either going to start at a certain point. The Big East has made it clear to us that everyone's going to be equal and everyone's going to start at the same time. So I told our parents, this is where you can help us. Help your girls stay in shape, eat properly, you know, get the proper rest, stay in a routine. Like, Matt, right now we wouldn't be doing that much with our girls. We would have just finished the season. We would have gone to postseason at NCAA or NIT. We would have given them, you know, some time off. So we wouldn't have been doing anything with them right now. But the concern I have is not what they're doing now, but are we gonna, we're not going to be with them in May. We might not be with them in June. We're not, we might not be with them in July. How are then are we going to prepare? So we have a weekly Skype meeting with the team. We have a weekly Skype meeting with a leadership group that the uh, girls volunteered for. So we have four girls that volunteered to be in the leadership group and that help each week, you know, keep the team together, socialize, meet the new kids, because um, we do have um, four new freshmen coming in and uh, two transfers. So we have six new kids. So we have a lot of new kids, um, you know, getting them, but also keeping themselves in a routine. Because the hardest thing, as you know, being home and I do and all our listeners know, is maintaining a routine every day. Because, you know, even if I'm working from home, does that mean I really have to give it eight? Because like you know my commute is one minute now as opposed to you know twenty minutes or some people's cases an hour hour and a half and you know you know when we see the girls every day we get them in a routine we have breakfast as a team we practice we have lunch for the girls after they go to class we shoot with them at night or they come to study hall there's a routine there's no routine right now so we're trying to have the parents help them stay in a routine. And we try and do that. Um, we have, um, we have, you know, we're blessed with a great staff. So each of them has two or three kids they have to reach out to each week. We rotate it. So the, the kids are constantly hearing from us. And our administration's done a great job. You know, we have a, a great visionary in Brian Felt as our AD. And he's tried to do a bunch of other things, ha- asking us and having them as an athletic department do things to keep the kids engaged as well. But we just got to keep them on a routine, That Like, that's the... The hardest part right now is getting them on a routine. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. For me personally, I like my my wife has to go to work each day. She works at Overlook Hospital, so she's required to go. So I get up with her a little after she does, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm up early, and I find I've got to get into that. Whatever might be on my my plate that day, I've got to have a little bit of a routine. You know, hop into the shower, get out of the pajamas. You know, I, I it just it just makes me feel a little better. I think routine works for everyone. But going back to what you said about you've got six new players coming in. Uh, So recruiting, obviously, for this incoming year has been taken care of. It's pretty much done, although the transfer portal is still open. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about that because I'm not sure of all the ins and outs of that. But uh, you are constantly recruiting. It's a process for what will happen in two years. So how has what has taken place here impacted? And it does affect everyone. But how does that impact recruiting as you're looking not for the incoming class in 2020, but in 2021? 
Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, the first and foremost is the transfer portal. Um, you know, I, I, we've had a lot of transfers at Seton Hall. It's just something that, that we've been very successful with. And, you know, a lot of kids we've recruited in the past, you know, choose a, a BCS school, a football school. Um, and then, um, you know, either it doesn't work out, coaching change, <laughs> lack of playing time or whatever the reason is. Um, so you hope that relationship helps bring some kids back. Um, and we've had, we had Shakina Richardson, Deja Simmons, um, you know, um, uh, you know, a variety of other kids, um, to Alicia Powell for me, um, you know, so some great, we've had some great transfer for you kids and this year's team, Alexis Lewis and Barbara Johnson. Um, but we were able to get one kid, um, Amaya Bembry. Um, she was a local kid here at West Orange. She had, um, rec- we had recruited her. Um, she was engineering. Our, our program wasn't as strong as Penn State's engineering program. She went there. They ended up changing coaches. Um, she ended up changing her major to international business relations, which our program here is fantastic. Um, you know, when she went to the portal, um, they contacted us as well. Um, we talked to her, but she had already seen our campus. She had already met our staff. She she knew a couple of our local players. So we were able to get her over a lot of other BCS schools because she was like, well, I can't visit. And I know you guys and my major. And then, you know, we she talked to some of the academics and they did a great job. Our dean of our business school reached out to her, which was, um, um, you know, fantastic when she had a question. Um, so, so we were able to get that kid. But recruiting has been different. Like, you know, you're trying to talk to these 21s and 22s and some of them visit campus, but a lot of them haven't. And this was their time to visit. This was also our time to reevaluate them in AU in April and May and July. Um, so it's been different. Um, but the transfer situation looks like it's going to change. So, you know, while normally you bring in transfers, they have to sit out of here. The new rule is going to be you could play right away. So we've taken a step back from some of these 21s in high school. and We're just like, wait, if we're not going to see them play. They're going to see us visit. We'll talk to them, but our offers aren't going to be out there because it might be more beneficial for us to let the college season go through next year and then watch all these kids and then see who stays and doesn't stay as opposed to signing a high school senior that you haven't seen play in a long time. You haven't met them in person. You haven't met their family. Um, you haven't seen them play at a high AAU level. So we're almost taking a step back now, Matt, and we've been like, well, do transfer. Well, I might as well see who's going to transfer again of kids that we've recruited for a long time ago. You know, we met them. We, they were on campus. We, you know, we knew their families. We knew that. So we're also looking at 19s and 20s that we recruited that are now playing in college that might want to transfer next year when you can play right away. What do you think about that immediate eligibility? There have been arguments for and against. I'm a 100% against it. I'm a big transfer guy. I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's another easy out for these kids. And I don't like how they compare. Well, Coach B, you can leave and go take St. John's and don't have to sit out. It's just different. This is my job, not my education. Secondly, the value of the education has to be worth something. And the, you are still making your choice. And if you're making a choice at 17 or 18 that, that you wouldn't make it 20, that's fine. There's no reason why academically you can't go and transfer someone else and get yourself on good footing academically because it is an academic piece. It's not like where you're transferring and you don't get a scholarship and you don't get to practice and you don't get to do this. No, you get to do all those things still. You don't get to play in games because that's what you have to do. And listen, if I leave this job that I'm at and I go take St. John's, everyone's like, oh, I can just leave. No, I have a buyout in my contract. I have to pay money to leave. Like most coaches have buyouts. So you know what the kid's buyout is? 
they have to sit out a year of playing. They don't lose the eligibility. They don't get any less money. My buyout is financial. I have to pay to leave the university that I'm at. So for them to say, well, coach can just leave. No, coach can't just leave. Coach has his ramifications to leave. Secondly, like I said, in the situation that we're going to open up now, we are a women's basketball has over 500 division one transfers today and close to a thousand overall. It's going to double men's basketball. We're up to what? 800 division one transfers. It's going to double. Like, how is that? Okay. And, and, and to keep saying, well, they have their right they have, they have their right to choose the school and they have their right to leave. Matt, no one's saying you can't leave. But if you leave, you have to pay your penalty. Your penalty is to sit out. If I leave Seton Hall to take another job, my penalty is my buyout. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's like you, you do professional hockey. If someone wants to be traded, they, they have to ask you to get traded. Otherwise, they are under contract to stay. It's not hard. You send a contract to come to Seton Hall. Like, if you want to leave, that's fine. You're allowed to leave, but you have to sit out. I, I don't understand why it's that difficult. Well, that's a fair explanation. Um, and I sometimes fall on the side of the athletes do have control. They should have more control. But I do see the instant eligibility being an issue. Um, yeah, if, if you have to think about it, I'm, I want to leave for whatever reason. Uh, want to go closer to home. Coaching change at my school uh, didn't fare as well academically in this field, but I think I have a chance in that field and that school is really good. Whatever. Uh, all all legit reasons for going. But if I have to sit out a year, it just makes me think about it a little bit more. And that's fine. You know, um, right. uh, yeah. And, 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 and I understand, like, you can also, if, if it is, you know what, I'm coming closer to home, or if it is, I've, I've, you know, I've had a, you know, a death. There, there are extenuous I know people don't like the waiver rule. I'm not a big waiver rule guy either. But you know, at the end of the day, these kids aren't leaving to come closer to home. These, these everyone's the, the mid majors, and I coached there for 11, 13 years, eleven years at Iona, and two years at LAU. They're going to get decimated by this rule. And why is it you haven't found one coach? I can't find one coach that thinks it's a good idea. Not one. Not one head coach has said, I love this idea. No, it's everyone who's not. Listen, at the end of the day, when my plumber comes in and tells me I need a new faucet, again, I'm going to listen to that person because that's his job. Well, when every single head coach in men's and women's basketball thinks it's a bad idea, why? Because someone on the outside thinks it's a good idea. Like, I'm going to listen to the people who are involved in their job. Like, when the doctor tells me, stop eating this because your cholesterol is high, I'm not going to go ask the, you know, the, the supermarket guy, what does he think? Like, you're going to ask the person. Like, every head coach, Matt, thinks it's a bad idea. I haven't found one head coach thinks it's a good idea yet. No, I, yeah, I was reading this morning, uh, Bob Huggins, the West Virginia yes, coach. Uh, yeah. Bob Huggins, perfect example. Yeah. Yes. Coach K, all of that. Like, everyone who's been in the league in this business a long time thinks it's a terrible idea. Like, so, like, like, so how did it come about? I mean, if, if the coaches uh, are opposed and, and then by extension, the, the schools would be, you would think, right? I mean, you right. have a voice it, at the it, table. It's so the, It's the outside, the Jay Billis of the world, the people who've played a long time ago who are not involved in our sport think this NCAA controls the student athlete way too much. And again, I think we're, let's not get into the likeness thing. That's a different thing. I, I understand the, 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 those points for the student athlete, but this is still, 
Everyone, they, they, no one's saying, well, you live in New Jersey, you have to go to Seton Hall and Rutgers. You live in New York, you have to go to St. John's and XYZ. No, you can choose any school you want. No one's controlling your, cho- your, your choice. But these people outside our sport think they should have a choice every single year. Well, again, if Jay Billis wants to leave ESPN to go to Fox, he has to pay a penalty. He signed a contract. He has to pay a penalty. Whether, whether that is he has to sit out 60 days, he has to pay ESPN money. He can't just leave to go to Fox. He can't. Well, you know what? Julie can't just leave Seton Hall to go to St. John's. She signed a contract to go to Seton Hall. The contract says you are going to Seton Hall. So if she wants to get out of that contract, there has to be some sort of penalty. That's my whole point. Like he's ranting and raving, Matt, about, you know, they get choice. They get to choose. They do. They're choosing where they're going at the beginning. Just like he chose to sign with ESPN. If he wants to go to Fox, he has to pay a penalty to ESPN or not. He's not allowed. Like these kids are still allowed to leave. They just have to penalty. just have to sit out. That's it. No financial ramifications. They're still going to class. They're still getting meal money. They're still getting cost of attendance. They're still getting everything. All we're asking you to do is to sit out. Well, we'll see if this gets revisited another time. As uh, you know, there are always the the unknown ramifications of moves, and I'm sure we'll find a lot of them uh, for sure, yes. and, and it'll be revisited. Uh, Coach, I just want to run through a couple of things with you uh, before we let you go. And again, thanks so much Great. for your time. Thank you. Um, UConn comes into the Big East next year. You played them well at home. You had a first quarter lead, wound up losing. Mm-hmm. Um, only three teams beat them. But now just not so much about that game, but really just UConn coming into the Big East and and what they obviously will bring to the table and, and how that's going to cause everyone to have to increase their game too. Well, I think it's helped us a little bit in recruiting right off the bat. I mean, the two the two transfers we brought in, I think we're 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 significantly um, excited to play against the best team in college basketball. You know, the best program in college basketball history. Um, you know, so they were excited. So it helped us maybe get a you know a really good student athlete um, ability wise. Um, two, they're obviously you know raised the profile of our conference, which will raise the profile of all our teams. Um, I know when we played UConn in our gym, I wasn't worried about getting the team motivated. I wasn't worried about the weeks before practicing saying, you better box her out because you're going to go against Connecticut. And if you don't handle the ball a little tighter, you're going to get taken from Connecticut as opposed to, you know, we were able to hold the kids to maybe a little higher standard than, than they would have accepted in the past knowing, well, now UConn, we have UConn in a non-league game, which is why I scheduled them. You know, we got a sold out crowd. We were on national TV. I mean, all those things helped recruiting helped in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, obviously hopefully it'll help us with more bids and, and all that stuff. But, you know, you know, coach Moriema is, is a, is a, obviously a tremendous coach, but, but a wonderful, um, representation uh, of the league he's in. He's not just going to have an interview and talk about Connecticut. He's going to talk about the big East because he's always been great that way. And he believes in the conference that he's in. So I think it's going to raise our profile. I think it's going to raise the level of, um, players that we bring in hopefully and i also think it's going to be help me raise the level of accountability because you know now we're we're playing we're trying to beat the best of the best and you know we, we yeah we led by nine at the end of the first quarter when we played them here we lose the game i think by eight or ten points it was a great game right to the end but you know there at the end of the game we were able to talk to the kids about if we could have done this a little better we could have done this a little better and see because you did this this and this you were able to play with the, one of the best teams in the country who doesn't want to be challenged right and the fact of the matter is if you look at their schedule they only lost to three games so aside from the teams that 
beat them, you had about as close a result as anyone had. Uh, they kind of ran roughshod over most of their opponents. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and to the players. Uh, you talked about some of the guy, uh, players who are coming in next year, the returning players. Uh, you also mentioned some of the uh, recruits. I'm not sure who you can or can't talk about at this point, other than the people that you've already had playing for the hall. What kind of a year are you expecting and who are going to be the leaders? Yeah, we're excited. Um, and all our kids have signed now, so we can talk about everyone, which is great. Um, yesterday being the signing day, we got our two transfers in. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're led by, you know, our backcourt of Warren Park Lane and Maya Jackson, two kids who had tremendous freshman years this year. Um, both played fearlessly. Both are winners. Um, um, you know, it, it, they're going to be fantastic. Um, Maya Desiree, was a freshman, all, all freshman yeah, team, all, wasn't all she? all freshman, yep. And, and Lauren should have been as well. And it's funny, I'll give you a good quick story, Lauren. You know, I had to tell Lauren before our playoff game, you know, Laura, you know, I'm sorry, you just didn't get it. And she's like, that's okay, Coach B. I'm going to prove everyone why I should have been. She went out and I think she lit Butler up for four threes and 15 points and, you know, killed them. And then the DePaul game, she, you know, DePaul presses the entire game. They couldn't press us because Lauren would beat the press every single time. So, you know, she went out and she's a winner. And uh, and that's what I want. She didn't care about the award. And so those two have been uh, great. And Maya had some you know, huge games for us and uh, and just was tremendous um, for us. Um, Desiree Elmore will be our uh, leading returning scorer. Actually, 14 a game. And I think will be even better um, with another year of, of, of development. Um we had a kid, Femi Fenuis, that came off Achilles. Um, her numbers weren't great, but you could just see in practice. She wasn't really um, able to play till almost mid-January. Um, you could just tell she's going to be a really good player. I, I think, um, you know, a, a, as the men have seen with Sandro and Romero and um, their post players, they take a little bit of time to develop. Um, you know, Femi was averaging over eight points a game as a freshman before she tore her Achilles. I think she's going to be one of the bigger and better players in, in, in our league. Um, you know, those, the, the, those four kids are really good. And we have a lot of other good kids. I'm going to battle for time that returned um, that, that I'm, um, you know, excited about. I, I, I do think our, some of our newcomers have a chance to be special. We have two transfers. We have um, um, uh, Maya Bembry, a transfer from Penn state that we're hoping to get eligible. And um, I, I think she's got a chance to be, to be really good. And, and we have, we have Katisha Dean. It was um, the second ranked um, Ju Juco guard in the country. And uh, we just got her over all power five schools. And I think the reason we got her is we have her, our college teammate, um, Jasmine Smith on our team. And, and I think Jasmine, since no one could visit Jasmine said, listen, Seton Hall is a great place. You know, I know you're being recruited by every power five school, basically in, in, in the South, but, come here. You can make a big difference for us. And I can tell you, you know, the coaching staff is going to take care of you and Seton Hall is going to take care of you. And that's why we got her because we couldn't show her anything. We only talked to her on the phone, but our own players recruited her and they did a great job. Like I think, you know, my miles Pollock is a tremendous amount of, you know, credit for, um, you know, re recruiting um, uh, Bryce Aiken from Harvard because they were friends. Well, we got a, a tremendous player in Cartesia um, because of our own player on, in Jason Smith. And, and uh, I think, you know, that says a lot about our program. Yes, where we're at. We have a great program um, because of the girls. The girls are recruiting for us. They're working hard. They're representing Seton Hall in the right way. We have over a 3.0 team GPA. Um, and, and, you know, being here seven years and being an alum like yourself, you're just proud of your school and proud of the people that you're with. Well, you are a graduate and I know Pirate Blue runs through you, your entire family, your wife. You met your wife at Seton Hall, right? 
Yes, I did. There um, you go. I, I met her, and uh, my daughter was a player for me for uh, two years before she got hurt at Seton Hall and then graduated from Seton Hall. So Pirate Blue runs deep through through your veins, and uh, you are a great representative for the school. The program does it, uh, speak for itself, what they've been able to accomplish, and you're coming off a fabulous year. And the, the future has been uh, or looks bright. The past w- was very good, uh, and the future looks bright uh, for you and uh, your team. Last thing, how did you get started in coaching? Oh, thanks. Um, oh, it's a funny story. So I was a senior and my wife was walking through the education department and she wasn't an education major at all. Um, and on it, they just had an, an ad posting for um, varsity boys basketball coach at St. Mary's in South Amboy. And I'm like, this is great. What a great part time job. And I was a bench warmer in high school. I barely played, but I was very close with my high school coaches. And so I'd go scouting with them. I became, you know, I understood why the great players needed this and this. So, you know, I was starting my coaching career when I was playing basketball in high school. So I'm like, this is a great part-time job. So I call the guy and he brings me in and his name is Gil Pritchard and he was the principal of St. Mary. I mean, the athletic director of St. Mary's. And he was such a nice man. And he goes, Tony, I can't give you the boy's job. He's like, you have zero experience. You know, I got so many people that want it. You can't have it. He goes, but the varsity girls job is open. How about I just give you that? I'm like, I don't want to coach the girls. He's like, I'm telling you, they're good. They, their coach before you was not super well liked. They're going to love you. Your friend can coach JV. Take the job. I'm telling you. He's like, it pays the same amount of money anyway, $2,000. I'm like, wow, $2,000. Like, that's great. So um, we took it. My friend made, uh, my friend got the JV job for $1,000. So $3,000, we split it. We go to Boston and JV. It was the greatest time of my life. And I happened to be in Jersey high school basketball in the late 80s, where um, the first two tournament champion teams were from our county, um, Hoffman High School and then uh, St. Peter's High School, uh, two of the first three, I think. And, um, it was just great. And I learned so much. And um, I ended up getting a, a high school, you know, I did that for three years. I moved back to Long Island and, and worked for my dad. And I became a part-time division two assistant, then a part-time division two head coach. And I just thought that was going to be my life, owning my own business with my dad and then um, coaching. And then LIU, uh, Mr. Suarez, who was the head coach at LIU Brooklyn. I was the AD at LIU Brooklyn, um, interviewed me, um, did not give me the job. Someone else got it, called me back two days later because she backed out. He goes, listen, you got 24 hours. If you want the job, you can have it. If not, I'm going on, I'm going on vacation. And I'm going to hire somebody else. I'm like, geez. <laughs> you didn't want so, me two days ago. Yeah, yeah, can you yeah, give me a little said. time? No. Yeah, he was he was a great. He was a great mentor to me. And uh, <laughs> we we he, he's he, another guy. He's like, listen, you got a lot of talent here. He's like, you know, they the, the coaching staff wasn't, you know, great for them. And he was right. We went, Matt. Um, Tim Capshaw and, and Dave Popkin did the did the game, and ironically, the NEC championship game, LIU and Mount St. Mary's, and we went to the NCAA tournament my first year coaching Division One at LIU, and um, I, I you know I worked there for two years, and my friend became the AD at at, at, at Iona, and that's where I met Pat Lyons, who gave me the great opportunity to continue my success at Iona. Pat was tremendous. I, I don't have the success that I've had in my career without Pat. I mean, Pat, you know, when I was at Iona, we were struggling and I, and Pat took over as AD from, from my friend and I was nervous. And Pat's like, listen, I'm here for you. You're doing a great job. Just, you know, just keep going. He gave me the confidence to be good. And we were really good. We turned out to be good at Iona. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he hired me at Seton Hall and, you know, I had some great players. I have one on my staff in Dee Simmons. 
um, you know, Tab Richardson, Deja Simmons, Janae Johnson. They got us to those back-to-back NCAA tournaments. And I think this year's team was right there. Um, whether we would have gotten in or not, you know, I, I don't know. But we were so close to getting in. And, you know, we you know, we finished third in our league, which is great. And uh, we're going to be, you know, better and better and better. And, you know, you know, we, we, we had some okay years that, you know, we made the NIT, but didn't win a game. This year's team is a really good team and next year's team will be as well. And, and uh, I'm excited for the future of Seton Hall. I really am. Well, I think everyone who's listening is fired up as well. That's a terrific walk down history lane. I'll leave you with this. I graduated from St. Mary's High School in South Amboy. Come on. As did my brother, as did my sister. Yep. Uh, Unfortunately, for those who don't know, that school has closed. It changed its name. And then Catholic school education is uh, unfortunately dying on the vine in so many ways. The school closed a few years ago. But yep. And so Hoffman High School uh, resonates. That's the crosstown rival. And I remember when St. Peter's was great uh, in hoops. Anyway, small world. We we are oh we are eagles. We are eagles we and are pirates. Eagles. Yes, we are eagles and pirates. Oh my gosh! How about you that? You made my whole day telling me that story. Yeah. So, you, you know, Matt. Um, and I can't thank you for your time and everything that you give back to Seton Hall. You're you're you know you're a true true alum. I, I I thank you so much for that as an, a fellow alum. But you know, th- those were great days when I was at St. Mary's. Those th- those three years. I mean, I, I would go. It was the best. Like I'll never forget. Like this was the great. My father's like, "How's school going?" I'm like, "Dad, you know, we're doing well in basketball." He's like, "I'm paying, you know, X amount of money a year for you to go Seton Hall, man." The the principal John Gloss down there. Oh yeah, he was my religion teacher when I was there before I moved on to be principal. Yeah, Yeah. and and you know, Gil Pritchard was there. I'm sure that for you. You know, those people. You know, it was just such a great small town, and we played Hoffman my first year in the semifinals of the Middlesex County Championship, and they closed the town down. It was like Hoosiers; they closed it downtown, and we had a sold out um, community college game. It was unbelievable. That's awesome. That, yeah, that's it was unbelievable. And and see, uh, Seton Hall, St. Mary's gym was great too. It's not a typical uh, uh, smaller stage, high school like gym. Do, it was unbelievable. Stage, it was a big, yeah. big gym. Yep, and a stage like they do at at, uh, at uh, uh, Seton Hall. It was just uh, we had so much fun, and you know, it, it, like Seton Hall, you know. You know, everything's come full circle. Our, our new president, Dr. Nair, is going to do such an amazing job. Great, what a great visionary and, you know, tremendous man, husband, father, wife, Kelly, the great parents. You know, he um he was my AD at Iona. So like when I, I mean, my president at Iona, so here, here he's coming here. I'm like, well, that's full circle. And then now talking to you and having full circle St. Mary's. Oh, my gosh. It was it was great. It reminded me a lot of Seton Hall. Great people, small school. Um, and was successful because of the people in it, like Seton Hollis. Well, I enjoyed my time there. Sounds like you certainly did. And I've enjoyed my time spent here with you. I, I, I told Matt Sweeney it would be about 20 minutes. It's gone about double that. But uh, Tony, I like to talk. You like to talk. And we had a yeah. lot to talk about. So thank you so much. Uh, continued good luck at Seton Hall. And of course, we hope during this time, everyone involved with the program, your family, all your dear, cherished friends and loved ones are well as we fight this pandemic. And again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Matt, for your time. And the same to all our fans and families out there. We we pray for you constantly. Thank you. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thank you so much for your company. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and go Pirates! Pirates!